Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Locked On Pistons, your daily Pistons podcast. I'm your host, Duncan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at DuncanSmithNBA. And speaking of Twitter, instead of usually going to Reddit for questions, as I have done, I think, three times now, I'm going to go back to uh, where it all started. Uh, we're going to go back to Twitter. Uh, Pistons Twitter has been gracious enough to give me uh, a handful of questions here that we can discuss on this podcast. Um, pretty excited to get started, so let's dig right in. Uh, we're going to start with at Fluffy Sock Ninja. If you had to replace one starter with a bench player in the starting lineup from last year's squad outside of Harris, who would it be and why? Uh, that's that's an interesting question because of all the reserves on the Pistons roster, uh, I think that Tobias Harris is the only one with the ability and the pedigree to be able to play in the starting lineup. Um, I will say that while I think that your default was probably, um, you're not, you're not allowing me to, uh, to swap Harris for John Luer. Uh, what I'd really like to see happen would be to swap Tobias Harris off the bench in the starting lineup for Marcus Morris. Tobias can play the the uh, the three. Marcus Morris can be the first wing off the bench. Um, whether whether he comes off the bench first or uh, Ish Smith for Reggie Jackson, um, you know I'm sure that would be matchup dependent. Uh, it could also be relative to uh, whether Stan Van Gundy is doing a six on six off rotation for uh, for Ish and Reggie next season. Um, but what I'd really like to see will be a lineup featuring uh, Reggie Jackson, KCP, uh, Tobias at the three, John Luer at the four, and Andre Drummond. Um, for whatever reason, uh, this is a lineup that only played, let me dig this up here, 168 possessions over 82 minutes all of last season. Uh, this was a lineup that I was, um, in the early stages of the season in particular, I was touting it pretty heavily on uh, both on Twitter and on Piston Powered. Uh, I called it just the big lineup. Uh, basically, it's it's uh, sized up rather than sized down. Um, you've got Tobias Harris, who can play either the three or the four. Uh, played a pretty significant portion of his minutes at the four. Um, you've got him playing the three, so you've got additional size in the front line. And uh, last last season, this unit. Performed uh, significantly better than the uh, starting lineup, actually. Um, per NBA Wowie, this lineup of Drummond, Lure, Harris, KCP, and Reggie had a net rating of plus 11.4. Now, this is a team that really did not have many five-man units that uh, that really performed well across the season, and um, it's it's unfortunate. It's a shame that uh, Stan Van Gundy didn't see fit to see. Uh, to put this lineup on the floor more, um, you know, going into next season, 
I've got to think that's going to change. Um, I think that Van Gundy is probably going to be open to all options uh, when it comes to the starting lineup, at least when it comes to uh, how he's going to to handle the rotation of uh, of Tobias, Marcus Morris, and John Luer. That's actually something that we're going to get into probably next week as well, um, if not perhaps uh, Friday. Um, the, uh, the the Pistons' options on the the front line um, is a, a pretty interesting topic to me. So um, I I guess I kind of cheated uh, because I'm I'm not going to say Ish Smith in place of Reggie Jackson. I'm not going to say uh, you know Darren Hilliard or Stanley Jackson in place of um, of KCP or uh, of Marcus Morris. And you know. I think everybody who listens to this podcast by now probably knows just how much I love Aaron Baines. Um, you know, if he's still around next season, uh, I'm not going to have. I'm not going to suggest the Pistons start Baines or Boban if Baines is gone over Andre Drummond. Um, although Boban would be an interesting starter. So uh, if I have to abide by the terms of your of your question, you know, we'll throw Boban in there just for fun instead of uh, Drummond. Um, but I think from a practical standpoint, which doesn't exactly follow your uh, stipulations in this question, um, yeah, I, I think that swapping uh, Tobias for Marcus would be a really interesting lineup, and I, I have firm hope that uh, that's something that we see a lot more of than uh, just 82 minutes and 168 possessions uh, next season. Uh, next question we've got from Rico J, who goes by at G-M-R-I-C-K-E-Y on Twitter. Uh, Pistons think trading 12th pick for a win-now vet. Uh, should the Pistons stay young, get their own identity, in four years build a team to counter Golden State? Um, I think that the the relative youth of this team right now um, is such that that's their not only their best bet, but it's the simplest option as well. Um, you know, trading there's there's really nothing that the Pistons are going to be able to get on the trade market. Uh, especially given their cap situation um, with that 12th pick for a win now vet. There's nothing that's really going to... That pick isn't going to really move the needle. Um, you know, Maybe in addition to Tobias Harris, the Pistons can, can make some noise. But uh, you know, there's... It's, it's really debatable. I'm probably actually going to do a breakdown of different options that the Pistons can get uh, with uh, Tobias and the 12th pick as a sweetener, possibly. Um, but even there, you know, Tobias is a guy that you would like to have on your roster because he's uh, he's fairly cheap. He's under team uh, under team control for another three years after this coming season. Um, he's he's a beneficial guy to have, and obviously that that plays into his trade value as well. Um, but I do think that the Pistons are better off staying young, especially like going into this season here. Um, they're better off not making any significant changes, uh, keeping the youth of that 12th pick, um, also the, the relative cheap contract that's going to be under team control for several years down the road, as rookie contracts are. Um, you know, four years down the road, the Warriors might have found themselves in a situation where their, their team is just too expensive to keep together. Uh, you know, if Clay Thompson gets uh, All-NBA... Um, in the next couple years, I, I, I think it's uh, two out of three years. So it would basically be this coming year. Um, he's going to be do a 
or eligible at least for a designated uh, veteran contract, which is like the the super max of super maxes. Um, you know, that's I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but basically he'll be eligible for a five year contract worth uh, just over two hundred million dollars. I think it's two hundred three million dollars, um, and he would be the third or fourth, I believe, the fourth guy on that roster who would have this designated veteran contract. Um, I, I'm not recalling off the top of my head. I think it might have been Windhorst on uh, Zach Lowe's Low Post podcast uh, a week or so ago. Um, they, they were discussing the fact that it's completely possible that the Golden State Warriors could have a, a salary once we factor in uh, not just player salary, but luxury tax, uh, penalties, uh, repeater taxes, so on and so forth. Um, the Golden State Warriors could have a payroll like north of $350 million. Uh, that's that's, uh, that's a significant uh, amount of money that you're paying out annually just in player, uh, player salaries. Um, and... Well, I think the Golden State Warriors are just a wash in cash right now, and they're not too concerned about it. In four years... You know, four years might be a different story. Um, but, you know, like, for teams outside of the Warriors and whoever LeBron ends up going to, whether he stays with the Cavs after next season or he heads off to uh, to L.A., as has been suggested by some, like, uh, Woj, I think, this afternoon, um, suggested that this is something that is actually more actionable than, like, just some rumor. Um for the next couple of years, the, basically the Warriors and either the Cavs or LeBron and his accompanying team are basically the only teams with championship windows, which means that everybody else gets to work hard at putting together something to take advantage of the likely opening window thereafter. Um, so as far as you know, a, a big, big picture view, that's definitely the best bet. Um, I think that the Pistons... Um, thanks to Goris's Tom Goris, the Pistons owner, uh, thanks to his initiative to win now as much as possible, uh, they'll probably take any move that will improve them in the short term um, from a wins and losses standpoint, uh, possibly to the downfall of the, of the long term, which is it's unfortunate. But I think that that's going to be the situation that, uh, that he's going to be on the lookout for, and Van Gundy will, will certainly follow. Um, but because of how expensive the roster is, and because of how young everybody that matters on this roster is, uh, it's very likely that um, you know if if they win this season, and if they if they win, if they take a step forward, which collectively they could, and it could be a big step forward considering how young and unknown the ceiling of basically everybody on this team is. Um, you know, I, I think that that's something that that may happen, whether it's the plan or not. Uh, I think that the Pistons, you know, it's it's certainly a very uh, pie in the sky perspective. But I think the Pistons do have the opportunity, uh, if th- if everything goes right, um, to be in a position that like four years down the road, whether it's with this core, whether it's players who have been moved for other pieces, who have developed, um, you know, this is this is probably the path that the Pistons are going to be on, whether uh, whether they want to or not. So hopefully that roundabout answer uh, answers your question. Uh, next question we've got from at ABSHXR. 
Uh, Drummond to Brooklyn for Brook Lopez and Change. Who says no? Uh, probably. Probably both teams are not big fans of it. Um, this would for the Pistons. This would be uh, almost certainly the first step of a total teardown. Um, you know, the Pistons get significantly older, of course, if they were to move on from uh, on from Drummond and pick up Brook Lopez. Lopez is 29 years old. He'll be 30 in uh, April next season. And of course, Andre Drummond is turning 24 in August. They would save about a million dollars on the salary cap this year. Um, Brooke Lopez comes off the books next season. He has a, an ex expiring contract that'll expire after the 2018 season. Um, you know, that's really the biggest reason that the Pistons would want to do this, and I think that that would only be something that they um, that they would be interested in doing. If, the, if uh, they get off to a bad start and they decide that they need to, to tear things down. Um, so, no, I don't think that either team are, is going to be especially interested in this. Um, you know, as far as, I'm, I'm curious as to what the change, Brook Lopez and change, that is quoted in this this, uh, this question might be. Um, you know, Karis Levert, if he was thrown into this, that'd be nice. Um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously, that'd be nice. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that, that either of those additions are enough, and Brooklyn doesn't have its own draft pick for a while. And they're probably going to want to keep a draft pick or two once they actually get their first-round draft pick control back. So uh, I don't think anybody particularly would like that trade. Uh, Andrew Flash, at FlashMQT on Twitter, asks, How high could the Pistons reasonably trade up in the draft, and for whom should they do it? Um, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but, uh, in the Locked On NBA Fantasy Draft that, uh, is currently being, um, discussed on NBA Reddit and also being released in, uh, segments in a Locked On NBA, uh, flagship podcast, uh, your Detroit Pistons represented by myself and, uh, another team, um, uh, with a draft pick higher than the Pistons uh, did conduct a trade. So um, I'm not going to answer this question in too much detail. Um, you know, also we're dealing with the fact that like this, this trade that I'm referring to is a fantasy draft trade. Essentially, it's a, a trade in a mock draft. Uh, it involves a couple pieces that I really like getting back. But, um, you know, it, I, I don't see a whole lot of options for the Pistons to be able to trade up in the draft. Um, you know, all the, all the pieces that, pe that people might want from the Pistons are either expensive and uh, depressed in, in trade value, thanks to a disappointing season last year. Um, I mean, that's basically the, the situation that the Pistons have as far as, like, what they can trade. Um, I think that they're going to be particularly cautious cautious when it comes to trades in, in general uh, because you know that trade value depression that is basically uh, roster wide um, I, th I think as a result of that uh, 
Piston players right now have more value to the Pistons uh, than they do as far as what kind of return they could get back. So um, basically, I'm going to just tell you to hold on until tomorrow when uh, when I dig in a little bit further on the, the mock draft. Um, Brandon Inman, at MGOBean. If the Pistons give KCP a max deal as expected and we're not able to dump Drummond's contract, does that take away the ability to sign any more free agents? Uh, yeah, I mean, even if they don't give KCP the max deal, they don't have the ability to sign any more free agents. They're capped out regardless of what they do with KCP, which means that they need to give KCP that deal. Um, and you know, then even if you don't keep him, you can flip him for an asset later, but you don't want to have him walking for nothing. Uh, so if the Pistons wanted to sign free agents, um, they would need to not give KCP his deal, let him walk for nothing. Uh, you know, they would need to ship Drummond out, uh, probably either either Drummond or um, some combination of John Lohr, Tobias Harris, and Reggie Jackson, who are the current four highest paid players on the roster. Um, you know, it, it's there are a lot of moving pieces just in order to get the Pistons some cap space to sign a free agent who matters uh, beyond just the mid-level exception, which the Pistons can use anyway. Um, so, yeah, there's... The free agent options are limited, and uh, that's completely irrespective of the KCP situation. Uh, one last question here we've got from Bailey Van Houten, at L-W-O-S Van Houten, spelled H-O-U-T-E-N. Uh, if Reggie and or Drummond are not moved, how many years does Stan Van Gundy run it back with this core? I, I think that if they are not moved, it will be as a result of this core having actually gotten off to a good start this season, playing well, and living up to the expectations that they had a season ago. Um, I, I think that the first two or three months of the season might be the most important months of the Van Gundy era when it comes to assessing whether... Uh, whether this roster is going to be the roster going forward or whether Van Gundy is just going to say, scrap it, start over, throw it all out, rip it up, and uh, get some youth and cap space back on the books. Um, so if they are not moved, it will only be because this core has, has started to deliver some of the promise that, there, that, the, that they had when... You know, when and deals like Reggie Jackson, uh, five years, $80 million were signed. When uh, Tobias Harris was acquired for Brandon Jennings and Ursan Ilyasova, and then the Pistons went on a pretty impressive run to finish off the season uh, two years ago. Um, if they're not moved, it will be either because... Well, I don't think there's an either. I think that it's simply going to be because... Uh, this core finally started to put it together. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. And uh, once again, as always, I'm very grateful for the questions. I am happy that I was able to get some uh, some some inquiries from uh, from NBA Twitter, Pistons Twitter in particular. Uh, 
on short notice before recording and uh, very grateful to you guys for that and I hope you guys enjoy and I hope you all get a chance to listen and get your question addressed uh, personally. Um, if you want to support the podcast, the very best way to do so is to subscribe on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, uh, Podcast Addict, I think is a good Android one, uh, I've heard. Uh, there are options out there, so please make sure that you are uh, subscribing, listening, and uh, rating and reviewing. Five-star reviews are great. Um, and uh, you can also support the podcast by using our sponsor, SeatGeek. Uh, SeatGeek is an app you can download to your phone. It uh, doesn't use any uh, CAPTCHA to slow you down or make you prove that you're not a robot because most robots don't have phones. So, um, you know, you, you've skipped one of the steps right there, and that helps simplify your whole process. Um, SeatGeek is a, a ticket aggregator that you can use to find the best value seats for, uh, for tickets for sporting events or concerts or shows or theater or what have you. Um, you can use the deal score feature. Uh, basically, green tickets are the best value you're going to find, and the scale goes down to yellow, orange, and red. You avoid the the red tickets. Somebody's trying to rip you off. Um, so, uh, the best way to use SeatGeek is to download the app, go to the settings tab in the app, enter the code LO Pistons, and you'll get. $20 off your first purchase. Um, so you can not only support us with your clicks and your listens and your purchases, but you'll also get 20 bucks back. So everybody wins. Um, and with that, we'll be back at you tomorrow. We're going to discuss how the uh, Locked On NBA mock draft went down. We're going to discuss some of the decisions, some of the factors that went into the decisions I made in the draft. And uh, I'm very curious to, to see what, uh, what you guys think of, of how the, uh, the Pistons fared in the Locked On NBA mock draft. So with that, I'm Duncan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at DuncanSmithNBA. You can read my stuff on PistonPowered.com. You can follow PistonPowered at PistonPowered on Twitter. And I can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow.